Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Uh, While making a welcome return was comedian, writer, Palace fan, Kevin Day. He was on good form, wasn't he? Yes, he gave me a bit of a coating, but he likes to do that and I enjoyed it. So that was good. And we we chatted about various things. We had a gift from a friend of the show, didn't we? Oh yeah, you'll hear about that. That was good. And uh, yeah, and then we did a sort of, our second part, sort of roundup of the news of the weekend. That's right. So you'll hear all that. Here it is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Oh, good afternoon, Paul. And uh, I decided to watch uh, Chelsea's pre-season game yesterday because I haven't had a chance to see them under Frank Lampard, and I wanted to sort of get an idea of pattern of play and how they were doing. They played Reading, didn't they? Played Reading, yeah. Interesting, friendly, and I couldn't. Chelsea TV has disappeared. So I had to pay £1.99. So what have they done? They've kind of finished gone. it. It's, it's gone. gone. It's gone forever. Now you now get everything through this app, Fifth Stand or something it's called. So I downloaded the app. Oh, I, yeah. I paid £1.99 to watch uh, Reading versus Chelsea. But mm. being technologically hopeless, I couldn't, get, I couldn't <laughs> get it anywhere but my phone. Right. I don't care how old you are. Watching anything but highlights on your phone is a grim experience. And I propped it up as close as possible. The players still look like ants. Yeah. I think we looked good going forward, but the ants' defence struggled to clear the micro dot from set pieces. It was quite <laughs> tricky, really. Like they were playing with a little snooker boys. Why couldn't you in sign end, in on your laptop? Oh, I don't know, because I couldn't work it out. I couldn't get the app. <laughs> And then I'm like watching it like like very close with my glasses off, like about that far away from. Yeah, that's the lost. Literally, they're an yeah. inch from his eyes. The God, the phone is at the moment. Anyway, so. uh, that's the way I saw it. Uh, well, small. And uh, Saturday night, I went to see anthem singer uh, Laura Wright. Oh yeah, uh, playing at the uh, in London's Crazy Cock Bar, which is in uh, that's what it's called. Oh, yeah, it's chicken, yeah, yeah, French word for chicken. I'm with you. Yeah, it's at Brasserie Zadel, and it's interesting because you used to sing her sing. Did she fr- do God Save the Queen? No, she didn't. Did you do that she at the end, her biggest hit. She didn't do Abide With Me. <laughs> but it's only a small room. And Swing low, oh she didn't goodness, do that? No. no. What she did was, the show was called From Bach to uh, Bjork, and what a voice. I mean, seriously, absolutely beautiful, clear, pure voice. Great choice of songs. And almost, she was almost holding back because her voice is so powerful for a, li- in a, little, in a room. little room. Shattering glasses. Oh, it was. It was like that. But I, uh, interesting enough, wait, sitting in the bar waiting uh, for the show to start, waiting for it to open, um, I did I did what we would call in the lookalike cricket game a Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. 
Because, okay, yeah. yeah. Basically, I'm sitting there and this bloke walks in. And we'll I have went, to explain oh, what that is then. because we were once on a train going to Cheltenham and uh, playing a bit of, we thought we'd play a bit of lookalike cricket and Andy went, go on, I want a four for that. It's Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. And I turned around and I said, well, you can have a six for that because that's him. It's actually him. <laughs> yeah. You don't get any, you can't play lookalike cricket when you're pointing <laughs> to the real person. Um, and we found out he got off, he kind of lives down that part of the world. Mm. So, so he's one of those, was it? Yeah, it was one of those. I'm sitting there and, I, and the bloke walks in. I went, soul from Homeland, like in the lookalike style. Yeah. And look close and they, everybody else went, yeah, that is, that soul from Homeland, the actor. So Mandy, Mandy Potemkin. Potemkin. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. So. He was in the venue. There he was. You don't get anything, as you I said. You don't get anything for that. It's for quite disappointing person. when you think, what a brilliant lookalike. And you realise it's the bloke Yeah, you, himself. When you work so. in uh, lovey circles. That's the way it goes. And uh, I, I, see, I hope the men's ashes is a bit closer than the women's. What a thrashing. Yeah, it's yeah. been a bit of a shocker, isn't mm. it, really? But we we were told, weren't we, that uh, the Australian women's game has had a lot invested in it, more than ours even, in recent years, and it's made a big difference, hasn't it? And then I turned over and watched a bit of the hurling. Whoa, what a game. That was semi-final, all-island semi-final. Going to the hurling now. I love I love mm. the Irish mm. sports, and it was a very, very exciting tit-for-tat game right the way through with a featuring a, a good sending off. Oh, right. I've never seen one Is of those. Is there such a thing? I didn't realise there was. <laughs> Basically, this bloke got the ball and he was sort of bands on his stick and he runs past the guy that's fallen over on the floor and the guy's a bit desperate. The equivalent of a late tackle, basically. Mm. And he whacked him with his hurling <clears throat> stick. Really? Yeah. Oh, it was nasty, wow. really. He, he did deserve a sending off. Not that I know anything about hurling, but I'll judge it that he did. Yeah. So that was that. Good. Yeah. Um, Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer, have you seen he's, he's doing up his office? No. Yeah, uh, it's um, he's decided he I wants it. I, I'm not sure he's going to be there long enough myself. Oh, it's a bit it? harsh. I oh, know. Um, that's right. He's taken inspiration, we're told, <laughs> uh, from the Swedish store IKEA and the Danish concept of hygge. Oh, yeah, that's A feeling nice. of cosy contentment from the simple things in life. Yeah, like winning. You don't get a great sense of hygge, do you, going around Ikea, because you can't find any of the exits. No, that's true. No great sense of hygge there. <laughs> Not really. Um, but you've got yeah, to have a sense of hygge. You've got to have a sense of hygge. <laughs> it's very it's important. The, he's, apparently, he didn't like what Jose did to it. Oh, right. So, I don't, what, what, what do you think Jose would do? What, what, what do you think his taste would be? Well, I think quite bling. I think Jose's quite, quite bling. Really? Yeah. So you yeah, have a throne, like, wouldn't have a chair and stuff like that. <laughs> I think he probably had, you know, Prada cupboards or something yeah. <laughs> can you buy Prada cupboards I don't think so um, <laughs> so yeah he's going simple he wants yeah. this, the simple Scandinavian lines uh, mm. apparently and it involves putting personal touches around the room to make it a sanctuary lovely and it can include photos per personalised mugs and even a favourite <laughs> comic or book wooden surfaces copper items and lamps also play a part, especially if you work in late mm. at night. Lamps, obviously, will play a part. Yeah. Not Frank Lampard. Not Frank Lampard. Lamps is going to be there soon. I've, I've just realised, before we go, I've got to do, make a presentation to You've you. You've got a personalised mug for me, haven't you? I have. Yeah. From uh, Blind Dave Healy, yeah. uh, one of our... Fundraiser, West Brom Fundraiser, brilliant bloke. And he heard us, till we heard me talking about the fact that uh, my cup had gone missing. Yeah. So he, he decided to make these up for us. And uh, they are in your... There's a Spurs one. And uh, there you are. You're a Boston bloke. Nice, very kind and of you, it's Dave. It's very, very nice, Dave. Yeah. Really lovely one of my... But obviously, Dave, being blind as he is, yeah. he, he obviously had to get somebody else to choose the photos. Yeah. And for some reason. Something's gone a bit weird. I mean, have you looked at my one, though, close up? <laughs> uh, something's gone in the transfer process. <laughs> what I, 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 I've, I've, I've gone a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. got a bit. What's happened? What kind of bit? I don't know. My jaw lines <laughs> much longer. <laughs> jaw a bit wide of face. 
The nose is even bigger than it is normally. We've got to put these online. Yeah. They're very funny. It's anyway, a bit of a shocker. What's my, he done to you? Whoever selected the photo on behalf of uh, for Dave yeah. picked, I think, the time I lost my passport in 2009. <laughs> <laughs> when I look haunted. I've been oh, searching dear. for this passport for two days. I had to go to the British Embassy in Argentina, have my photos done. God. I, was, I was leaving like, in a couple of days' time. I wasn't sure whether they are going to get the passport in time. I looked totally haunted. So, yeah, that's a reminder I want to see every day when I have a cup of coffee. But Dave, I can't actually thank you say, so much. I can't actually say what you look like on that picture, <laughs> no. I'm afraid, <laughs> at this you time of day. I, uh, you, we, you won't be wrong. Yeah, we'll send these out, uh, Dave, but thank you very much. But something went wrong in the transfer of our pictures. But, or maybe something went right, I don't know. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport. We told you earlier on our old mate, the Albion fan and charity fundraiser blind Dave Healy had kindly sent us a couple of mugs that in the transfer process, something's gone wrong with mine. So I look like I'm from Whoville. And uh, Andy, some of the listeners have been re- reacting to Andy's. And, uh, <laughs> generally, they're just, the most one says he looks like he's part of the Hatton Garden gang. Uh, Kevin Day <laughs> yeah, is with us. Actually. So who better to tell us what they actually look like in, through the eyes of... Uh, Kev, good afternoon. Good to see you. Well, good to see you too. First of all, uh, we need to get an issue out of the way. Oh, yeah. You know I'm not one for bearing grudges or being vindictive, but just before the news, you said coming out afterwards, we've got comedian Kevin Day and the brilliant... Cycling, right? Well, I don't, see, I, I don't, <laughs> so take this great, up with the producer. Right. Oh, you just read out. You just read oh, yeah. out. I'm just told. the tool of a large organisation. It's the only bit I. He gives it to me, and I read it. Look, there we are. Tools and mugs. That's great. Yeah, I've got the glasses. No point waving that in front of me. Let's so this, I mind. mean, I think you'll be able to see it. My well, Andy, Andy's. I, this Andy's is face is like his voices. He's got a very versatile face. <laughs> he just morphs into whoever. Let's show me your, your one looks. My one, mine, my one, uh, this is... Your uh, one looks 1970s Tottenham, I'm which from, is appropriate. I'm from, I'm from Whoville. Uh, but look at Andy's one. Look at that. Holy mother. <laughs> something went sh- on. Did, did something the claim out or something? It, 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 it does look like a police mugshot. What's, it? what's it say underneath? Boston? Boston bloke. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Dave's from the black country. It's a lovely yeah. mug. It's just the, the, it's a lovely mug. I've the, got nothing against the mug. The choice yeah. of pictures. Now, uh, of course, Edinburgh coming up, and you always hammer me that uh, I don't go and see your show, or I, I end up yeah, seeing your you wife's show. You, I end up seeing a show you directed. Because you, you blatantly lied about whether you get to see <laughs> this, my show or not. This year, I've booked to see your son on Friday night. Oh, great! That's good. Yeah, this is need the money standing <laughs> in the family. <laughs> that's the important thing. <laughs> Can you do us a favour? Can you not sit in the front? Because, yeah, you, you do suck the energy out of a room. You know what I mean? <laughs> Does <laughs> he really? Oh, it's his body language, because he folds his arms, but his legs are wide apart, so you've got, really you've got no idea. Where he... Is that what he does? Oh, no, it's awful, yeah, because <laughs> above, he's, there's nothing. But down below, he's just, he wants it all. It's, it's like Michael Flatley. <laughs> is that what you do, Andy? Is it? <laughs> What's it? Okay, let's, let's get into the psyche. If people are going to comedy gigs, we're at Edinburgh anywhere else. <laughs> what, are you, what are you looking for from someone in the front row, Kevin? I mean, laughter, obviously, that would be good. Helps. It's uh, well, I'm not one of those comedians who engages. Uh, uh, it's, it's always one of my favourite conversations with two other comedians. And I won't name them. Tim Clark was one of them. Yeah. Mm. But, um, and who was the other one? Uh, oh, Mike Haley. <laughs> oh, okay. I won't name them. But um, <laughs> yeah. they, had, they had this conversation. It's around about June, and they had a conversation genuinely about whether, when you engage in the front row of the audience, should you stop talking about last Christmas? Um, start talking about next Christmas, <laughs> as in they're wearing their Christmas jumper or their right. Christmas shirt. Do you have yeah, a good yeah. Christmas? Are you no, looking forward I, I, to Christmas? Exactly, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. that in the middle yeah. of June. So I'd, and I, if the front row leave me alone, I leave them alone. But all, basically all you want to see is people in the front row. That's the most dispiriting thing when you walk out of yeah. the Edinburgh show and there's a few voices muttering away mm. at the back. If you have to bring people forward, that's never a good start to your Edinburgh show. But <laughs> no. Ed, Ed's show will be fairly full on Friday night, so I'll tell Ed that... 
Happy's going. Yeah. He'll, he'll be, he'll be <laughs> like, the front, it's strange. People, it's really odd. Audiences, it's a psychology thing. They will sit anywhere but the front row. Even we we even, only sit in the front Andy row. Andy only sits in the front well, row. Well, that says a lot about Andy, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's not me, it's my <laughs> wife. Oh, really? She's got this thing about she always wants to be in the front row. She's got a special method like to ensure that we do end up in the front row. Is she well, a good really. laugher? Is it? Oh, she's, yeah. she's, she's glass. She, she, she can't be a sleeper. Oh, that's not good, is it? <laughs> 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 Let's be honest. Edinburgh, I'd say out of the 30 or 35 shows that I see, I reckon between the four of us, someone sleeps in all of them. Yeah, that's But you can't sure sleep in the front row. What effect does that have on well, the act? Well, I have to nudge her. You know, well, somebody, she's... to be fair, the, the, the show, I, the, not the last show I did, the show was just about the NHS, mm. and I used to talk to the audience about, and there was a guy in the, asleep in the front row, but... It turned out he was a junior doctor and he'd been on shift for 48 hours. So oh, right, OK. I, did, I actually did the rest of the show more quietly. You could say the man's life. Or, <laughs> that's true. That day, that's yeah. true. Also, by the way, the last person you want to ask about whether uh, Andy's wife is a laugher is... Is Andy? He wouldn't know, would he? No, that's very true. If he tries out his <laughs> material in the mornings before he gets here, that's it. Yeah. Now, um, somebody's going to be. I, I read a feature in the Sorry, Andy. In the Times. Uh, I was yesterday. expecting to go straight like to Wilfs Zahar, but it's straight into your body language. We'll, we'll come back to the world for a minute. It's fine. Read a feature in the uh, Sunday Times yesterday about Simon Munnery. Uh, yes, yeah, comedian. Yes. He's back. He's guy. back up there after a bit of a hiatus. Yes, and uh, one of the things he likes doing now is collecting stories uh, from comedians uh, of dying on stage. Mm. Uh, and he now goes out and gets the best stories. And this one uh, was his. He says is his current favourite. A clown act called Jimbo who entered a competition at a Manchester comedy <laughs> club. Top prize two hundred pounds. On the night, Manchester is snowed in. No taxis, buses, or trams. Says Simon. Uh, so he walks all the way to the venue through the snow, and there's just the bar manager. No. <laughs> audience no other acts the bar manager says i guess you've won i'll get the money jimbo says no uh, i should go on and do my act when he finishes the bar manager says blimey that was terrible i'm not paying you <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's fantastic isn't it yeah, it's, i mean have uh, you it, I mean, every comedian's done it haven't they yeah uh, there seems to, yeah anybody who says they don't especially in the first couple of years that's the arrogance of stand-up comedy is when you the first couple of years you're no good at it and you still continue to do it but and any comic who tells you they've never died on their on their posterior yeah. is is lying. But it's it's strange though because you you do reach a certain stage when you're secure in your ability as a comedian and you know direct your tweets as you as you wish. Hmm. Uh, when you do start to swap these stories of disasters because you're pretty certain they won't happen again. And there's a couple of shows this year in Edinburgh which are asking people to repeat bad reviews or bad gigs, which. It's, it's, it's an interesting. My 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 own favourite. It was heartbreaking. It's a guy called David uh, Thompson. He used to be Tinky Winky. Oh, yeah. I know David. Yeah, well, you yeah, know David. David. Well, he, working. We got some the, the Harry Dave, Hill shows. Yeah. Well, Dave's one of those comedians. Every other comedian because he either storms it or he gets carried out. Yeah. Or there's an ambulance <laughs> waiting <laughs> or a police escort. There's no in between with David. So he always watched it. But I remember one particular gig, and it, it was it was. It was been it'd been a hard gig for everybody, but we'd all survived it. But he went on last, which wasn't his ideal place, and it was it was a proper. Old-fashioned left-wing hippie comedy club, so mm. you had to struggle not to do well there, basically. But he was really going badly, and then suddenly, out of the blue, this beautiful, beautiful woman who looked like she stepped out of the sixties appeared at the back of the room. Beautiful young woman, barefoot, and she just sort of stood at the back, and she just started sort of nodding at him encouragingly, and just and he was like, "Oh, great, at least somebody's like." And then from behind her appeared her her little girl, mm. a five-year-old, this beautiful angelic little girl. The little girls, and then after about ten minutes, the, the the woman wrote a note and gave it to the little girl, 
And by this time, the whole place was completely silent. And the little girl walked up to the front of the stage and handed Dave the note. And Dave opened the note and read out and said, You're dying, mate. Get off. Imagine <laughs> 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 you getting your kids to oh, deliver news that. like that. That's really, really. Which was great. It was the biggest laugh he got was he read that out. But it's, it's yeah, we. You, it, it's that cliche. It's like yeah, it makes you, makes you stronger as a performance. Yeah. It's horrible for the first. The only good thing as a compere, you like people dying because it's always easier to get laughs after. Sure, yeah. And if you're the act on after, it's always it's that terrible thing in the dressing. I presume it's the same with footballers when someone's missed a penalty or scored no mm. goal and they have to troop back in the dressing room and everyone makes that sort of semi-supportive. That's no, fine, mate. It's just you're, you know, <laughs> you're sitting there having had a standing ovation, going, "No, it's fine. It's just difficult." I know yeah. it weren't difficult. I've got a standing ovation. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those gigs. You know, you're you know, you're a different. You're not right for this. You're differently funny for this audience. The pattern yeah. seems to be yeah. that. Well, I did. I did the first gig and that went well. Did the second gig that went really well. Did the third one and I died and I couldn't quite work out why. So is it kind of quite good I, early on? To, I, well, I tell you to what, get it is, under it, your belt. It's adrenaline because I didn't. I didn't expect. Uh, to, I only. I did one gig to basically because my mates brought me to shut me up because we used to go and see a lot of comedy and I didn't think it was very funny. <laughs> so I did the one gig and, and adrenaline gets you through that. Hmm. And then I wasn't expecting to do anymore. So, but by gig five or six, that's when a comedian has to decide whether he wants to do it and take it seriously. Yeah. And that's when it's it matters more. First, first couple of gigs because you, you always get introduced as new, and the audience give you a bit of a bit of leeway. And like you say, that sort of in- excitement and enthusiasm gets you through. It's then, it's then when you sort of settle down into a routine of having to do it every night, and not. Still, you don't know any more after your tenth gig than you do after your first gig, but yeah. you're still doing it, and you're going out to different people, and that's when you start to realise that maybe the joke wasn't as funny as that kind audience made it seem. That's when it get. That's when you tend to to start getting the difficult gigs, but then you get over that spot. That's when you have to make the decision whether or not you carry on, and that's what I say. That's where the arrogance comes in of getting back on stage when you know the likelihood is you're not going to do very well, but something tells you that if you keep doing it, you will become a good comedian. And the mark of a good comedian is always when, it doesn't bother me if, a, if I don't get a laugh, because I'll get a laugh out of not getting a laugh. Mm. I'll just berate the audience for not being clever, <laughs> not <laughs> being clever enough. To those two and, yeah. and also, I had the bizarre thing the other night, I did a benefit gig with, without a doubt, my dad, who, who's an active member of the local old folks art project, mm. um, mainly so he can flirt with women now mum's gone he's, he's taken him a while but he's getting back in the game <laughs> but it was this gig and it was all it was for them this bent this charity and i've i've never known an old audience it's, it's the, only, the comics were discussing afterwards it's the only time i've been worried that the audience would generally die <laughs> yeah. it's more worried about something the audience died <laughs> well like, they're a receptive crowd though they, they, just, they loved it of course yeah. it is, it's, it's this myth that old folk don't old folk have been for all they've done all the things that we've done yeah, they, yeah of course yeah. they have but they loved it they absolutely loved it and the more you teased them the more they the more they liked it, but it was that slightly worrying thing because it's broad daylight because it's half past seven and you walk out and it's like, oh my lord, this is something's gone badly wrong here. <laughs> but no, it was lovely, but it was it did make a nice change to be more worried about the, the mental health of the audience and the mental health of the performance. <laughs> we, we mentioned your son there and uh, Ed Knight is very good. Yes, I, and there are a lot of not a lot, but there are some definite offs. We spoke to Elliot Steele, he came in, he yeah. was very funny. Jenny Eclair's daughter's now performing, yeah, and, yeah. I mean. It, Alistair Campbell's daughter, yeah. uh, a couple Rory McGrath's daughter. I think if you're a sort of comedian's offspring, I mean, presumably you've given him words of advice, or has he sort no, of done it all himself? This is why I do feel sorry for him because it's not the reason he changed his name. He changed his name for because he wanted to be an equity, but it, it's it, and he didn't want to distance himself. But he, he got nominated for best newcomer at Edinburgh not last year, the year before, and he got a lot of media for that. And every single one of them says, "Son of." Kevin mm. Day. Mm. 
And I say to him, look, don't, Ed, we've got a year or two years before it's I'll, I'll be father of Ed Knight. Simple yeah. as that. That's all I'll be, it's, basically. It's Dom Holland, it's, isn't it? it's a little, yeah. Of course, a little yeah, bit, yeah. But, and, yeah. And it's, it's, but I understand his frustration because there is that assumption that there's some kind of, I wish I had the influence that he thinks people think I have. But we've never talked about it because... And it drives my missus up the wall because she's got two testosterone fueled idiots in the house now. It's like, <laughs> if we both got a gig on the same night, we both kick the door open at midnight. It's like, oh, I'll tell her about my gig first. I'll tell her how funny I was before you tell her how funny you were. But we've never, we've never talked because he's, he's, he, he's got this really strong sense of integrity. He's never wanted to compromise his own. If, occasionally he'll say to me, What do you think about this bit of material? Should, it, should I use it? How do I couch it? But very rarely. You know, mm. I, I wouldn't dream of suggesting stuff to him because he's got a very strong sense of his own identity so we tend to talk about i'd say we tend to talk everything other than comedy we talk about all the other comedians basically it's just ruined <laughs> it, it's even worse for, for my missus watching comedy is just totally ruined by me and ed between yeah. just because we've got the same opinions of most people <laughs> <laughs> oh i but, used to like him but i can't yeah, watch yeah, him yeah, anymore but he's yeah. great he'll be pl- yeah. he'll be pleased that, uh, as a fan of your show he'll be pleased to know that you're going on on Friday night, so good stuff. So if you hear snoring, it's it's <laughs> Sue. It's not. It's, don't take it personally. If it's a bloke with very bad body language, legs open, arms crossed, Uncle Andy. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport. Coming up in the final hour this afternoon, we look at some of the big transfer stories of the day. Bob Bubka joins us uh, to bid farewell to Tom Watson, who uh, finished his career in competitive golf. Uh, yesterday at the career. seniors mm. tournament so we'll look at his place in the Pantheon of greats um, Christophe Terreau a Belgian football expert joins us as well uh, to talk a bit of Romelu Lukaku 
for Vincent Company's first game. Kevin De Bruyne is saying he's, uh, he's feeling a million dollars after a, a kind of stop-start season last year. Great news for everyone in the Premier League, that is, isn't it? And uh, with Charlie White, we'll look at some of the transfers. We will discuss Leroy Sane and that ongoing story. They seem very confident, Bayern, don't they? They're going to get him, but that's an Bayern odd move. the most annoying club. They're, they're almost worse than Real Madrid. <laughs> they are. Their sense of entitlement and they're tapping up is unbelievable. It is, you know, basically... They, they don't care about tapping up. They just say it. Well, there's no there's no concept of it in German football. No, much like in Spain, not. so it's, but, you know, it's not an issue. But if you want the player, get the checkbook out and buy him. We've got enough money. Yeah, that's what I think. Buy him Munich. Is that what, is that what your headline would be? <laughs> Put your money where your mouth is, says Andy Jacobs. Yeah, yeah. Buy him Munich. We should say that uh, the the four by one hundred swimmers who won their gold medal in the world championships yeah. was it, what, it? It's so underrated. It's one of the finest. British sporting achievements of all time that the US team that they beat have never lost either either the Olympic or a World Championship final in the in the sort never of freestyle in this four by one hundred freestyle medley. Wow, incredible! So this is the first time anybody's ever beaten the states. Yeah, oh, that so is pretty impressive. Yeah. Brilliant! And uh, Scott, who uh, basically got you know had that nasty incident with the uh, Chinese swimmer last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the one that did it. Petey swam well and and kept the team in it. Even he thought that they'd go for it, probably get bronze. But suddenly, he he, he he did. He put in a great swim and they won the gold. A tremendous achievement. Marvellous. It's fantastic. Well, well done. done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else? We've got the nettle-eating world champion. She won't be coming on. It's well, look, we're, we're struggling to f- pin somebody down. But oh, we get John Nettles. He always likes to talk about I, it. I, I'm not sure he knows much about it, apart from or the, the similarity. Medic, the medic in attendance, Dr. Leaves. Dr. Leaves? Doc Leaves. Oh, right. Doc Leaves. Okay. Yeah, cause, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you needed to say Doc Leaves. Well, I, know, wasn't, I wasn't with you. Think about it. You know, there you go. Um, um, and this story that we, I don't I know. Should, on the nettles, Andy, we may maybe try and track them down, but we mm. wanted to speak to Lindy Rogers. Well, who wouldn't? Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, she was the women's uh, champion. She had 46 uh, foot uh, of nettles. That's a lot of nettles, isn't it? 46 foot. Compared with the man. Do you know what the man ate? Uh, what did he uh, Probably 58 mean. foot. Oh, she's done well there. She has, then, really. Yeah, yeah, she has really. Got yeah. a smaller gullet, I'm guessing. Yeah, but not that much of a difference that you'd expect. No, but she, she dips hers in um, cider before she. she well, it's a bit like Joey Chestnut and his hot dog method yeah. that he uses. He That's likes right. They dip the buns in water. In water, so she dips the nettles in cider, which makes them easier give them to go a down. Bit, yeah, they probably make, takes the sting out of them, <laughs> as they say. <laughs> You've got no science to back that up, man. I have haven't you? Just got guessing. any at all. I yeah. am really. Yeah, there's no. No question about it. And um, where was I? I was about to say something there. I've, I've gone now. Gone, Andy. Oh, yes, that story yeah. about the seagull mascots. This is a brilliant story in the Daily Star. Mm. I don't know if you've seen that. Basically, about two weeks ago, I'm sure you're aware of it as a dog owner, a seagull swooped in and took a chihuahua. Yeah, it's going to struggle with my Labrador. Yeah, really. he would do. And uh, and it's a bit. It's more than a bit unfortunate. It's very it's very sad because, you know, the gizmo, the chihuahua was a dog and the, well, the pet. Yeah. A, a, a so he still is. A pet. They they haven't, they haven't, well, they haven't they, they've they not got him back. No, they never got him back. Oh, That's dear. It. So it's a, it's sad. But, you know, first of all, there was a report last week that people at the seaside have been taking out on gulls because, you know, what dog lovers we are in this country. So people have been sort of saying, well, take that for for gizmo the chihuahua so what they're having a go at mascots dressed as gulls no no that's about i'm about to come on to oh that. okay right i mean actually having a go at gulls people have been sort of you know wanting to attack them because really they, they, so they think that yeah. could be the one they've got no evidence no, that that was the one exactly it seems a bit harsh and now gilbert the gull who uh, is the mascot for Torquay, yeah um he's basically fearing a 
backlash. <laughs> he thinks there'll be a barrage of abuse against this, even though it's a mascot. You think, yeah. Surely people go, I don't know, you, you, actually, the way people are on Twitter. I mean, Exeter fans don't probably, need any excuse. I mean, they might take it out on him. And well, also who's the other goal mascot? Is that Brighton? Brighton? Yeah, Gully. Yeah. Gully, oh, yeah. He says, I'm hoping I don't get too much stick at matches this season. We're happy to be the Seagulls. It's been that for a long time, and our fans are proud of it. But, you know, you do. What about after Jurassic Park? Where did Gunnosaurus stand around that sort of year? Was he getting. I mean, <laughs> well, he might take there's no evidence. Is any you know what people are like on Twitter if something goes wrong and they have a go at somebody with the same name? This is a similar <laughs> thing. People just. People are just. Bonkers, really. I think that's that's the situation, really. Uh, Jonathan's been in touch. He said, Andy, I work for Channel 5. Wondered if you'd be interested in uh, being the subject of a fly-on-the-wall, waltz-and-all, six-part documentary charting uh, your journey from semi-geriatric fortnight novice <laughs> to potential world champion. <laughs> no. That would be... I'd watch it. I'm not doing it. OK, fair enough. OK, sorry, Jonathan, I did try, but he didn't even consider it. So. <laughs> I'm not considering it. You don't want to be doing that. Do you? The chap we spoke to on the weekend, he won the world thumb... Wrestling championships. Yeah, yeah, that's Paul right. Browse, Paul Browse, he did win team. it. Yeah, yeah, congratulations to him. We have all the champions no, on before, before they step up. And another man we spoke to is in line to get the, the Greek job, the Greek uh, manager of Greece football team, and that is uh, Stephen, Stephen Constantine. Constantine. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's a very interesting character, Stephen. I enjoyed talking to him at the time. I remember it's had a fascinating career. Manager uh, manager of India, wasn't he? Yeah, he's, 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 he's worked in all sort of various as parts of the world, a Rwanda national team. But th this would be a kind of step up. I mean, you know, manage Greece. That's a, Yeah, know, well, he's of uh, Greek you know. uh, background, of course. Yes. Yeah, so. um, and I suppose Graham Potter proves the point that sometimes you've actually got to go quite a long way away to, to end up getting a job, building up your uh, reputation yeah. overseas. And a lot of people have had to do that. I mean, Keys and Gray used to have that feature, didn't they? Uh, for ages, the sure, this thing yeah. going for it. Yeah, it was, I'm afraid. Yeah, sorry about that. Oh, good. I'm glad it's not me for a change. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, here's a bit of a Johnny Nash, and we may get this bloke on later in the week. This is a fell runner who has completed uh, a race. He never finished due to severe weather 57 years ago. Joss Naylor, 83, was forced to retire from the gruelling Lake District Mountain Trial in 1962 when aged 26. And you think, why has he waited all this time? I mean, he, he was at, even at Didn't have a spare weekend. I don't know, he's 83, but oh, okay. he covered the 18-mile route in 6 hours and 10 minutes, celebrating with a pint of Guinness. He says, I'm not as fast as I used to be. I take it a lot steadier. That's an amazing fellow. But why did he wait all that time, yeah. 57 years, to go back and compete this race? Mm. Uh, more, on, uh, more on John Etheridge's piece today about whether Joe Root will bat at uh, three or four. Mm. Uh, John says, um, what's more, that would allow Jason Roy to drop from opener to number four, where Bayliss feels the Surrey Stars' powerful stroke play might be better suited because he would not be facing a brand new ball. Yeah, you say that. <laughs> I think it's still fairly brand new after ten overs when you're coming at four. Yeah, it's better though. Like all we saw of, the other I just, day. I just saw yeah. all of these comments coming in. You know, you just you know you think Rory Burns and Joe Denley would be the openers in the lineup, and uh, if he went in at three, he'd need to put his pads on and start thinking about his inning straight away. Well, he's going to need to do that anyway. Yeah. It's true, isn't it? it? You is don't, I mean, you said the other day we should just put uh, thirty-five for three up on the board, and then <laughs> and then start from there. So, you know, yeah, so the scorer well, can really. just do it on. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, let's hope for the best. We'll hope for the best. Hope for a fifty. Australia are hardly the greatest batting unit, so uh, they're we'll totally see. reliant, I think, on Smith and Warner. We, any Test match where we get them cheaply twice will win the game, in yeah. my view. But well, uh, I certainly hope so. Yeah, and <laughs> I was talking to John about that, Smith. He's, he's got such a. He's got the most brilliant eyes. Technique is, is is so poor, really. He steps away from his stumps. If you're a bowler, you're thinking, oh, I'm going to get this blue. But his hand-eye coordination is so brilliant. 
that gets him out of trouble. But as he gets older, you'd imagine that's one of the first things to go. Uh, that, you know, he, he, maybe he'll finish quite quickly in his career, but we'll see. Q him being 50 and still playing test cricket. <laughs> but, you know, he does seem to rely on that. Uh, here's an in- interesting one. Patients will be able to hold Skype-style video calls with dentists from today using a new mobile phone app. I, c- I can't see that working because surely if you hold it up to the thing and say, look, it's this one, it's going to steam up, isn't it, your phone? You would think so. So yeah, is that the idea? Work, you put your it? phone in your mouth and you say that the, the tooth... Well, I suppose the one so. That's well, what else would, how else would it work, I suppose? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not no a, idea. I'm not a dentist. Maybe it's just make, maybe you make your appointments on Skype. You haven't really looked into no, it. No, I think it's that. No, no, it's it's this on thing. On Skype dentistry. Yeah, it's it's advice on pain relief, issue prescriptions for antibiotics, that sort of thing. But they're, they're doing this with doctors now. Aren't they? So you can't go and see your doctor because it's a, like, a two-week waiting list. You can't Skype. Can't them. see your doctor these days, Gov. Well, can you? you? Can't. How many people complain about it? Yeah, it's true. It's right, a yeah. problem. But well, you can do. Skype them and say, you know, oh, I've got this. You know, you got this. What? I don't know. What's the matter with you? Spot. Oh, have you got a spot? <laughs> you phone your doctor when you got a spot. Well, I wouldn't. <laughs> You're an odd bloke, aren't you? Really? Well, I am an odd. Bloke. Hello, doctor. I'm sorry, I've got a little spot. <laughs> And Could you send an ambulance? <laughs> doing, a quick roundup here. I might as well get this one in. Go as well. get out of the way then. Gwyneth Paltrow oh, yeah. says her daughter Apple, fifteen, is her harshest critic. Hmm. Oh my God! Yes, she says my daughter is brutally honest <laughs> with me. She'll be like, "This outfit's terrible," or "You look exhausted," or "You've got food in your teeth." I'm thinking. Well, it's a bit rude, isn't she? A bit precocious. Why don't you try doing it to her? See how she holds up. But don't destroy her confidence. She's only 15. I She'll would. be in bits. Yeah, you would, Andy. Nothing would stop you. If I had a 15-year-old doing that to me, I'd do it back to them. <laughs> Which says everything about you, It does, Andy. really. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned earlier on that Neil Snowball is the chief exec of... Um, oh, yeah, have we come up with some ideas? Well, some of the listeners have. They've tried snowboarding. Um, uh, Neil and Claire uh, come together to discuss current affairs. That's not a bad idea, really. And Mark Fillmore says, Snowball. That's his name, isn't it? Oh, no, Snowball. That's it. That's where you've got to say it. Neil assesses a number of different bowling styles to see if they're legitimate deliveries. That's a very good idea. We then follow the emotional... Sky Cricket, but... It could be, yeah. We'll then follow the emotional journey whilst Neil tutors the participants. We don't know if he can bowl, actually, Neil. He's the CEO. He might just have an office job. (laughs) Tearful climax as their deliveries finally deemed legal. You've got it all worked out, haven't you? I think that exhausted any uh, possible TV format for Neil Snowball. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on TalkSport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We'll return tomorrow at 1. Thanks, as always, for downloading us. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.